You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from His Word today. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Nehemiah. This morning, Matt was in Nehemiah chapter 5 for our Sunday school, and I'm going to be in Nehemiah chapter 6. I thought if he jumps over to chapter 6, I'm going to call it, it's time over, don't go there. I've entitled this message today, The Faithfulness Test. The Faithfulness Test. Have you ever taken the faithfulness test? Let me give you a little background. Matt kind of went into it this morning concerning the book of Nehemiah, but just kind of let me catch you up to where we're at right now in this passage of Scripture. You may remember that Israel was in Babylonian captivity for some 70 years. When the Persians defeated the Babylonians, God put it in the heart of King Cyrus to allow those Jewish exiles who wanted to, to go back to their land. About 50,000 decided that they would return to the land of Israel. He put a man by the name of Zerubbabel. How many have ever heard of Zerubbabel? put Zerubbabel in charge of taking the exiles back to the land of Israel, to the city of Jerusalem, and rebuilding the temple. Some 80 years later, under King Artaxerxes, we're talking two or three kings later, King Artaxerxes encouraged, again, God putting on his heart, encourages Ezra to take another group of exiles to go back to the land and really establish Jewish worship once again in the land of Israel. Even though the temple had been rebuilt, it had fallen into disrepair, worship was not going on, and so Ezra the king was to go back and he was to begin to do some serious teaching the people bringing the Levites back and getting worship established once again in the land of Israel. Isn't it amazing, listen to me, isn't it amazing how God can use a heathen king to accomplish his purposes? Shows you the sovereignty of our God. Just shortly after Ezra returned to the land, Nehemiah, who was Artaxerxes' cupbearer and had a very close relationship with Artaxerxes, his brother comes back from Jerusalem to give a report of how things are going, and it wasn't a good report. He said, the city is in disarray. We have been made a laughing stock among the heathen. The people are discouraged. And as Nehemiah hears this report from his brother, his heart is broken. And he weeps. And the king recognizes that there's something wrong, and Matt brought it forth very clearly. There was a good relationship between the cupbearer and the king. And he realizes something is wrong, and so he inquires in Nehemiah, what are you so upset about? And Nehemiah tells him the condition of the land. And King Artaxerxes says, Nehemiah, go back and help your people. 
And so Nehemiah goes back to the land. And when Nehemiah comes, he sees the walls are all broken down all around Jerusalem. And his heart was moved. This man must have had tremendous organizational abilities. Because he organized the people. The Bible said the people had a mind to work. They had a mind to give and they had a mind to work. This is unbelievable. In 52 days, they build the wall around the city of Jerusalem and it is completed. So we pick up here in Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 15. So the wall was finished in 50 and two days. Now verse 16, And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their eyes. Notice this statement, For they perceived that this work was wrought of who? Nehemiah? No, this work was wrought of God. This was a God thing. Only God could have accomplished this. Now, yes, he used Nehemiah. He used the people who had a mind to work. But only God could oversee the building of this wall in 52 days around Jerusalem. Now drop down to chapter 7. Now it came to pass when the wall was built and I had set up the doors and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed that I gave my brother Hanani and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem. I put these men in charge. Now notice what it says here. For he was a what, church? I can't hear you. What? He was a faithful man. He said, my brother Hanani was a faithful man. He passed the faithfulness test. And because he passed the test of faithfulness, Nehemiah was able to place him in charge over all the city of Jerusalem. Not only was he a faithful man, but the Bible says he feared God above many. I ask you this question again. Could you pass the faithfulness test? Jesus said these words in Luke chapter 12. And the Lord said, who then is a faithful and wise steward? We're going to pause this morning for some time in this message and look at that word steward. Who then is a faithful and wise steward? I'm asking you, a question was asked of the Lord. Are you a faithful and wise steward? Can you pass the test? And the Lord said, Who is a faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his house? Just as Nehemiah saw that his brother was a faithful man and put him as ruler over Jerusalem, the Lord said, Whom the Lord shall make ruler over his house to give them their portion and meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. So doing what? Being faithful. So blessed is the steward. Are you all with me today? Blessed is the steward who the Lord, when he returns, finds being faithful. Jesus said this, 
he that is faithful in that which is... Come on, church. He that is faithful... You don't know this verse? He that is faithful in that which is least will be faithful also in that which is much. Listen, you have to pass the faithfulness test. First of all, God trusts us with a little because if He can't trust you to be faithful with the little bit that He's given you, how in the world will He ever be able to trust you with something much larger? He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in that which is much. He that is unjust or unfaithful in much will also be unfaithful or unjust in that which is least. Hmm. The faithfulness test. The faithfulness test was very important to Nehemiah. It was very important to our Savior. It was very important to the Apostle Paul. I want you to look at some of these verses with me. I usually don't have you do this, but I am going to today. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Turn there quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I want you to notice verse 17 as Paul speaks about Timothy. A young man who had passed the faithfulness test. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right. For this cause have I sent unto you Timothy, who is my beloved son, his son in the faith. And what kind of man was he? He was a faithful man in the Lord. A faithful man. So Paul could send him knowing that he would continue to be faithful. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Maybe it's so quiet in here because you're all scared about taking this faithfulness test. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 21. He said, But that ye may also may know my affairs and how I do Tychicus, a beloved brother and what? Faithful minister in the Lord shall make known to you all things. So because Tychicus was faithful, Paul could use him in the ministry. Let's go over to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I love to hear the pages turning. That's one thing. When you use your cell phones, I can't hear the pages turning. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 2. To the saints and what? Are some saints not faithful? Isn't that interesting? To the saints, another term for believers, because we're all saints. My dad used to say, either you're a saint or you ain't. It's one or the other. But not all saints are faithful. Not everyone here today, though you may be born again on your way to heaven, though you may have the position of sainthood, it doesn't mean that you're faithful. Boys, do I, do I need to separate you two? Because I've already talked to you, I don't want to talk to you again. You need to listen to the preacher. Let's look at verse 7. 
as you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a what? Faithful minister of Christ. Let's go to the end of the book of Colossians, chapter 4. Verse 7, here comes Tychicus again. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister. Verse 9, we find another man by the name of Onesimus with Onesimus a faithful and beloved brother. Let me ask you a question. Was it important to Paul for his co-workers to pass the test of faithfulness? I guess we could call it the Pauline test. Paul said this concerning himself. He said, I thank Christ Jesus my Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful. The Lord counted him faithful, putting him into the ministry. Because Paul passed the faithfulness test, the Lord was able to put him into the ministry and entrust him with the ministry. Solomon said these words, most men, not all but most, I'll throw in women there with the men as well, most men and women will proclaim everyone their own goodness, but a faithful man, a faithful woman, who can what? Find. You are hard, 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 hard pressed today to find a faithful man and to find a faithful woman that you can put your full trust and confidence in. Some of you are old enough to remember when all we had to do to sign a contract was to shake a hand. No more. Why? Because you cannot trust people to be faithful to their word. The church today has become so desperate for workers that many times we will throw anyone into the work of the ministry who's willing to be used, hoping that it will help them develop faithfulness. And sometimes it does. Sometimes just assuming that responsibility to take leadership within Christ's church does produce an element of faithfulness, but don't you think that's kind of backwards from what we've already learned today? First of all, they were counted faithful, and then they were put into the ministry. Not put in the ministry hoping that they would develop faithfulness. Timothy said these words, or Paul said these words to Timothy, and the things which thou hast heard among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. If I were to give each and every one of you here today in this auditorium the test of faithfulness, which I'm going to lay out here in just a moment, could you pass the test? Faithfulness, what is it? It means to be loyal, 
Do we live in a day of age of loyalty or disloyalty? To be loyal, to be consistent, to be steadfast, to be resolute, to be firm in adherence to what one owes allegiance to. Unswerving allegiance to a person, an organization, a company, a church, a country, or a promise. I want to give you that dictionary definition again. Unswerving adherence to a person. You're loyal to a person. You're loyal to an organization. You're loyal to a company. You're loyal to your church. You're loyal to your country. You're loyal to the promises that you make. That's what it means to be faithful. I mean, just in that little definition of faithfulness, could you say concerning yourself, I am a faithful man, I am a faithful woman? Unfaithfulness is a huge problem. It's huge. Especially when it comes to an employer-employee relationship. The horror stories that are here from employers today, how they cannot find good workers. Most of them can't pass a drug test. When they come to work, they don't work. Remember when you were telling me you, just, you hired a man to work? Didn't even show up for his first day of work. All the testing, all the interviews, doesn't even show up for the first day of work. Or if they do have a job, instead of giving a two-week notice like they agreed to do, that's only the right thing to do, they jump ship whenever they feel like it. Or whenever a better offer comes their way. I feel sorry for employers in this culture. Hard, hard, hard for them to find good workers. I'm going to tell you something. You, you be a good, faithful worker, you'll never lack for a job. So unfaithfulness is a huge problem. Not only is it a huge problem, I could go more into detail that in our, in our society, but it's a huge problem within the church. Society should not bleed over into the church. The church should bleed over into society. It's a huge problem. How important do you think that faithfulness is to God? How important do you think it is? Would you say it's at the bottom of his priority list? Would you say maybe somewhere in the middle of his priority list? Or would you say it's right at the very top? Not only is it at the very top, it is number one at the top of God's priority list. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ, which we all are, listen, and stewards. We're going to get to that. And stewards of the mysteries of God. God has entrusted us with the mysteries of the world's blind in their understanding of this book. God has entrusted us to take the light of the gospel to a lost and dying world. 
He's entrusted us with the mysteries of God. To the world it's foolishness, but unto us it's the power of God unto salvation. And God has entrusted, God has entrusted each and every one of us who are believers. God has entrusted us with that stewardship. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, moreover, number one on my priority list, it is required in stewards that a man be found what? Faithful. Not that a man be found talented and charismatic. Not that a man has great leadership ability. Ben has been listening to a lot of uh, blogs about leadership. And he said to me, he said, Dad, what do you think is the most important thing about leadership? I said, being faithful and being an example. It's the two most important things about leadership. It's required in stewards. Few of us, few of us really view our lives as stewards. We don't even really take the time to consider ourselves as God's stewards. Living in this culture, we see ourselves as owners, don't we? We're owners, we have rights, we have privileges. But as stewards? Stewardship is defined as follows. A person who manages another's property or financial affairs. One who administers anything as an agent of another. Part of the qualifications of being a pastor being a bishop, an overseer of church ministry, <clears throat> is that I be a faithful steward of God. Titus 1.7. A steward of God. Not only do I need to steward my own life, my family, but I need to steward this church. But not only are pastors the stewards of God, every single... How many of you here today are a child of God? Can I see your hand? Guess what? You are God's steward. As I have a stewardship that I will give an account for, you have a stewardship that you also will give an account for. Stewardship embodies responsibility, planning, managing all of the resources that God has entrusted to you. Some of us have more resources. Some of us have more abilities. Some of us have more money than others do. But that, that's true of stewardship. Not everyone is given the same. But whatever God has blessed you with, you are His steward and you are responsible to manage that for God. Remember, everything we are, everything we have, everything we possess, who does it belong to? 
We are only stewards of it. This is the truth. We own nothing. We have been bought with a price. Do you know how hard it was when we had to throw away almost everything in our house? To pull up a dumpster? Because of my back condition, we bought a $3,500 bed here a few years ago. What do you think I felt like when I threw that $3,500 bed into the dumpster? When I had to get rid of all of our furniture in our living room that was only a year old. Do you think I struggled with that? How many think I struggled with that? Picking these trips to the dome. You know what I had to do? I had to stop and say, wait, that's not my bed, that's not my furniture, that's not my stuff. When we had to cut a hole in our attic and throw over $10,000 of stuff into a dumpster. You know, I had to say, that's not mine. And for whatever reason, God is asking for it back. He just gave it to me for a period of time to steward for him. As every man, not just the pastor, as every man hath received the gift, and oh, how we've been gifted. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. How are you doing? How are you doing managing all that stuff? that God has given to you. Remember what Paul said to the Corinthians, ye are not your own. You've been bought with a price. When Jesus Christ shed his precious blood on Calvary's cross and paid the price for our redemption and we accepted that as payment for our sin, we took all rights off of our lives. Now it's up to the Lord to do with our lives what he so desires to do. Faithfulness is so important to God that he left us an example in the life of the Apostle Paul. He counted me faithful, Paul said. He said, I passed the faithfulness test. He said, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which so walk so that you have us for an example. Follow me as I follow Christ. We do have some people in the Bible that we can look to and say they were faithful men, they were faithful women. And praise the Lord, we have around us some faithful men and faithful women. Fellowship Baptist Church has been blessed with many, many faithful men and faithful women. Every one of us are to be an example of faithfulness. Let me um, talk about some areas. Which we, um, I think we need to be faithful in. 
Whenever a preacher says, I'm going to preach on stewardship, what, what do you think he's going to preach about? Money. Oh, here comes another message about money. Stewardship is much more. Money is just a small part of stewardship. And so if you'd be willing to, I'd like you to jot some things down that as I was meditating on this, this message came to my mind that these are areas that we need to be faithful. Number one, we need to be faithful to God. Shelly and I, it's probably last week, maybe it was this week, I don't know, I don't see her too often. But we were talking and looking back over our many years of ministry and we were mourning Literally, we were in mourning over all those that we have seen come in and out of our ministry who are no longer being faithful to God. Who once had a clear profession of faith, but no longer hold to their faith. Who once used to be very faithful, but now no faithfulness. I mean, it just breaks your heart. And if that breaks our heart, can you imagine how it breaks the heart of God? When he looks down and sees his children not being faithful to him. Who was the man that had a heart for God? King David. I've used this passage of scripture before. It's in 1 Kings chapter 2. And David is on his deathbed. And he, he calls his son Solomon to his side. I often think about this and myself being on my deathbed and calling all of my children all my boys, calling them to my side, have my seven boys around me, and then I have my three girls around me, and then um, I have my grandchildren around I have a big room. I have my grandchildren all around me there. And I wonder what I would say as I draw my last breath in this life. As I look at my children, you know what David said to Solomon? Be faithful. If you'll be a faithful man, God will bless you, and there shall not fail to be a man from our line to sit on the throne of the nation of Israel. Of all the things that you could say on your deathbed, what would you say? Our stewardship would require us, obviously, to be faithful to our God. Faithful in our church attendance. Whenever I've preached on church attendance and the importance of church attendance, the next service, our attendance goes down. So I try not to preach on it very often. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Are you faithful in your church attendance? Are you faithful to your church? Not just in attending your church. I wish you all would come to church more faithfully. 
Some of you, you are Sunday morning Christians. Seldom, if rarely, come to Sunday night and almost never come to Wednesday night. There are some of you, if you don't show up to Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for a couple weeks, I get worried. Faithfulness to God, faithfulness in your church attendance. I'm asking you, are you passing the test? How about faithfulness to your church? You know, we all know people, and I I understand that sometimes people move around from church to church. I, I, I got it. And sometimes there's legitimate reasons. But there's so many people that just jump from church to church, from church to church, from church to church. If they don't like something here, they jump to another one, and then they get offended there, and they jump to another one. Then they don't like the preacher here, and they jump to another one. They just jump to jump and jump to jump from church to church. Never putting down roots, never really getting involved in the ministry, just jumping around. Can I tell you something? Get in church, stay in church, Become a member of that church. Be faithful to that church. Serve the Lord through that church. That's Bible. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. There's there's no excuse for some of you not to come to Sunday night service or Wednesday night service. You know why you don't come? You You are unfaithful. You are unfaithful person suck it up face it that's where you are and the reason that you're there is because of number one you're not faithful to god do you know it is absolutely impossible to build a work for god without faithful church members You know why this church exists, why Fellowship Baptist Church exists? Because over the years, we have have had some faithful, faithful church members. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Committed to God, committed to faithful attendance, and committed to their church. The next one the Lord showed me was prayer life. Faithful to God, faithful in attendance, faithful to your church, faithful in your prayer life. Pray without what? Samuel said to the children of Israel, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Faithful in our prayer life. Next, faithful in our devotional life. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thou shalt meditate therein. Just having a faithful devotional life. Next, faithfulness in our obedience. Just being obedient to the Lord. If you love me, keep my... I can't hear you, what? If you love me, keep my commandment. They'll not be grievous to keep. Next is be faithful 
in the area of separation and holiness. Come out from among them and be what? Separate. Be holy, for I am holy. Quite a lack of faithfulness in that area today. Next, be faithful to live a godly life and be a godly example. Live a godly life. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Be thou an example of the believer. Live a faithful life. Be a godly example to others to follow. Be faithful in your marriage. Man, I got a fish for those amens today. You all got banquet on your mind or what? What's going on? Be faithful to your marriage. Till death do us For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and the twain shall be one flesh. Therefore they are no more twain, but they are one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, be faithful to your marriages. Let no man put asunder. Let's be faithful in our parenting. Train up a child in the way that they should go. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now I want to say something here to all you young people who are being brought up by parents who love God and have been faithful, faithful to raise you up in the ways of the Lord. Don't blame your parents when you go astray. One thing we know personally, one thing that we know through observation over all these years and there's no perfect parents. But I'll tell you what, we have a whole church full of parents that are trying to be, are trying to do their best to raise up their children to love God. But I'll tell you here, every one of these young people in this room, they have their own free will. But all you young families here, be faithful parents. Be faithful to your employer. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. Serve them. Serve them well. Be thankful. Don't run your employer into the ground. Don't complain. Be thankful you got a job. Be faithful in your witnessing. You shall be witnesses unto me. Be faithful in your witnessing. Be faithful in your giving. Will a man rob God? What's the answer? Oh, yeah. Probably all of us here have. Will a man rob God? But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In your tithes. And in your offerings. Be faithful in your giving. We're going to give a report in the second service today of our mission giving over the past year. I will say this right up front. It's not good this year. 
I was quite taken back. Usually we come very close to meeting our faith promise commitments. Sometimes we've been a thousand or two thousand dollars. There's even been times we've gone over. This year we are forty-one thousand dollars behind in our mission giving. What does that tell you? Someone was not what? Be faithful in every area of life. The Bible says in Hebrews 3 and verse 5, And Moses was faithful in all of his house. I thought it was interesting that Paul said this about the deacons' wives. You deacon wives. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. If the deacons' wives are to be faithful in all things, don't you think we all are supposed to be faithful in all things? To God, to our church attendance, to our church, to our prayer life, to our devotional life, to our obedience, to our separation, to living a godly life, to our marriages, our parenting, our employer, our witnessing, our giving. And I'm sure we could add a few more to that list as well. I believe this, that you cannot be a Christian without being faithful. You can be a believer, but you cannot be a Christian without being faithful. So how can you say that, Pastor? Where were they first called Christians? Antioch. Who gave them that name? The world. Why did the world give them that name? Because they were faithful to Christ. The world saw their faithfulness and said, we're going to call them Christians. Oh yeah, you can, you can be a believer, but you can't be a Christian and not be faithful. Faithfulness is a commitment to the one true and living God to live out His plan and His purpose for your life. When Jesus taught, He taught several parables about stewardship. And Jesus said this, that one day, and I quote, we will give an account for our stewardship. Paul said, For we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he hath done, whether good or bad. Either you are a good steward or you are a bad steward, but you will give an account of your stewardship to Christ. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For as it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, 
Every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Give an account of thy stewardship. One day I will bow my knee to Jesus Christ as he sits on his throne and I will give an account. So whether or not I've been a faithful steward. And based upon my faithfulness will determine my reward for all of eternity. This is why this issue is at the top of God's priority list. A faithful man shall abound with blessing. Aren't you thankful we serve a faithful God? Great is thy faithfulness. We sang that song earlier. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. He is the faithful God. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him, who was called faithful and true. Wasn't hard to have enough material to bring you this message today, because you know 102 times in the Bible, there's verses on the importance of being faithful. Are you faithful? Are you being faithful in that which is least so that God can trust you with that which is much? So I've ever had bowed in my You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.